0: Thank you everyone for joining us. Um, this is the panel, uh, we didn't really know what to fully call it, but uh, we're calling it Unleashing Creativity, Indie Filmmaking, AI, Emerging Tech. And overall, we want to make this as informative and kind of personalized to you guys as much as we can. Um, so we'll we'll do introductions and kind of lay out who we are and, um, you know, our positioning on, on some of the stuff. but. You know, at the same time, we'll invite questions throughout the the rest of it. So, uh, yeah, let's make it as interactive as we can. Um, I did create a rundown um, of a lot of, like, tools broken up into pre-production, production, production, -production. post-production. Unfortunately, we don't have a TV screen like we did last year to be able to, like, show the link. But if you're curious, it's tinyurl.com slash unleash creativity 2023. I know that's a little bit long, but I tried to make it as simple as I could. <laughs> Say it
1: again, I feel like they just whipped their phones up.
0: Tinyurl.com slash unleash creativity 2023. We can also give it to you after the panel too. Indeed, so. Yeah. indeed. So uh, let's start with introductions. So all of us are filmmakers. I'm Phil Svitek. I've uh, finished two feature films of my own, as well as worked on many others in the past. Um, and I'm working on a third one as we speak in kind of early development, pre production with a lot of these guys. Um, so, yeah, that's kind of my background. Um, AJ Young.
2: My name is A.J. Young. I'm a union director of photography. I've shot uh, probably close to 15 features now. I just love shooting movies, mostly independent film. Actually, all independent film. I don't know why I said mostly. (laughs) Um, I love shooting indies, and I love new technology with movies, so I dive in every time something new comes around.
0: And uh, his latest movie, uh, Always Lola, is...
2: Just released this week, Always Lola. It's got 100% in Rotten Tomatoes right now. Oh I, know, I know, I know. So it's uh, Apple, Amazon, um, all of them. I think Voodoo, too, I think, and Vimeo. Basically, if you can buy it online, buy it online. That's where you can buy it. So thanks thanks for the shout-out. Thank you.
3: Well, it's, it's here now. So um, I actually hate this part, but hi, everyone. My name is Khalil. Uh, I am a television producer um, also editor um, and then that, that's like my day job but outside of that I make a lot of independent films as well uh, either with these guys or through my production company and um, that is the brief of it yeah I'm gonna move it on
1: Okay. There we go. hi guys my name is Daniela fever I'm a director producer and co-founder of Silver Guardian productions with my partner here she'll introduce herself shortly um, we do a lot of commercials, uh, short films, web series. We just recently won at Bill Bowe's Film Festival Series Land for one of our fun YouTube series called Tabitha TV. So um, we're excited about that. We just came back from Spain like two weeks ago. So that was, that was a blast. Um, also was nominated for Best Director at Rio Web Fest that just happened last weekend. So um, we just really enjoy making content. We're happy to be here and talk about, you know, the stuff that we can't stop. So that's that's that.
4: Hi, everybody. My name is Courtney Stewart. As she mentioned, I'm the other half of Silver Guardian Productions. Um, primarily producer, sometimes actor, but, you know, they're trying to replace us, so maybe that gonna happen anymore. Um, and, yeah, we work on independent projects constantly, and commercial, digital, and we just actually wrapped, while we were in Spain, um, a feature film that shot in California, which we did not use AI on. We didn't but there was a lot of conversation about how it was helpful. We did use a little bit in pre-pro, but yeah, so excited to talk to you guys and get to know who you are and what you are looking for in terms of this conversation as well.
5: Cool, hi everybody. I'm AJ Jalavet. I am the Chief Information Officer at Deadmar Mercury Lionsgate. Um, I own a IT for entertainment company called Soho Network Services. I'm a venture capitalist. I'm a data scientist by trade and by skill set. Um, and I'm here to kind of cover anything about AI and tools and use and give you some examples. And I brought an iPad that you can look at with images so I can be a little bit geeky. And I hope there's somebody out there that will geek out with me during
0: this panel. I'd appreciate it. Give me that geek love.
2: <laughs> um,
0: before we fully dive in, just out of curiosity, like, what do you, you all most want to get out of this panel? What do you want to know about? Uh, any specific tools or just
1: don't be shy don't be shy just raise that. some this hands this is the interactive no, part is <laughs> <doing? Yes. laughs> you didn't know we were going to ask you questions come on
4: <laughs>
5: people like that and other times they go Oh that's not right you know? mm-hmm. so i am really interested in the overlap uh like how it's going into film how it's going into advertising creating not just create not just creating images you know, but
0: also uh, okay yeah. Uh, yeah we'll we'll certainly touch yeah. upon that so we'll cover that for sure um, I figured, like, a good place to start was just kind of what I call, like, guiding principles. And, you know, these are – I'll kind of introduce mine, and uh, then I want to open it up to you guys and see how we, you know, are similar, differ, and things like that. Um, For for my money's worth, like, Robert Rodriguez is someone I look up to. Um, He has a great book called uh, Rebel Without a Crew. I highly recommend it. But one of his big quotes is, if you're just creative, you'll always have to rely on technical people. Um, if you're creative and technical, you're unstoppable, right? So that's kind of been a big mantra of mine. And as we get more into AI and a lot of this new technology, I feel like the, the bastardization side of it is this notion that it'll just create whatever you want. And that, that can be true, but I also think you need to really study the craft. Right, I see this with with, um, people just put in their resumes into ChatGPT and think like, oh, it'll spit out a great resume for me. If you don't know what a great resume is, you won't have that from ChatGPT, right? And so that same similarity applies here, at least in my mind's eye. Um, And I think where I'm at, I like the discussion of it all, like if we are not all part of that discussion as technology emerges, then the people who we probably don't want driving that technology forward are going to do it in a way that we don't want, and that doesn't benefit us. And I think when I look at, you know, um, a lot of innovation just historically, like, for example, Michelle Gondry, who's a very um, big filmmaker known for experimentation, has done, like, a ton of short films um, and music videos – one of his music videos in the early 90s for the Rolling Stones led to the creation of bullet time in the Matrix, right? So I think as far as like where we're at in time, I think that is a possibility, right? Now it can go any which way off of that, but I think if we allow the creatives to really drive um, how these tools are used, then they can be used for quote unquote good as opposed to you know nefarious ways. Um, And just as a quick analogy, um, obviously I wasn't there when photography was first introduced, but at the same time, when it was uh, kind of as a medium coming up, people didn't look at it as an art form, right? It's, oh, it's just, you're just capturing something that was there, you're not creating anything. Nowadays, we don't argue about what photography is as an art form, right? Composition, lighting, all that stuff. And so I like to kind of look at these various things and, you know, overall, Catch me on any, any given day. I might be, like, pro-AI. I might be against AI. So, like, you know, I'm trying to figure out the right balance of it all. But, um, yeah, where do you guys have similarities or differ? Oh. Go ahead, Andrew. I'll start off real
2: quick. Um, when it comes to artificial intelligence, I think Adam Davis in Planet Money had a really good episode of Freakonomics when he was a guest host talking about how technology always changes throughout the centuries. And AI isn't really anything new. They had the invention of photography. They had the invention of the cotton gin. They had the invention of industrial farming. And that made people lose jobs but created far more jobs. And they specifically focused on the creation of an automated um, switchboard. So back in the 20s, they had switchboard operators, um, and then they had the automated switchboard, where you no longer had to just pick up the phone and say, can you dial me to someone? You just type in your number, and it goes to that. And that killed a lot of jobs, but then it also opened up a lot of jobs. And with artificial intelligence, this isn't anything new. What's going to change is who is in charge of the artificial intelligence. And I think that's the conversation we should be having, and that the Writers Guild successfully did. They are the ones that get to use artificial intelligence, not the studios. Um, and so that's my big skinny on it, on really artificial intelligence in general, because I think that's the big topic.
3: Uh, piggy, piggybacking on what he said and then kind of addressing what you said about like AI creating characters, um, like as I was listening to you talk, the first thing that came to my mind was uh, the intro for Alien Invasion. Um, this is Comic-Con, so we can you guys will get that reference. Um, <laughs> and you know how they, they said they made that through AI. But, um, oh, secret Invasion? Did I, what did I say? I said alien? <laughs> the fact that you knew what I meant means I'm in the right room. Thank you. Uh, no, that's exactly what I was talking about. Yes, exactly. Uh, so yeah, I think you know, going back to kind of piggybacking what he said, like uh, how you use it and, and using it in a way to like become art. And you know, I, th- I think we're still like all figuring that part out, but it, it's still like beneficial uh, the AI
5: is still like super
3: beneficial in the creation process.
5: So I would like to make sure that everyone understands because I, I hear everyone said that you know AI isn't anything new, and I think shaking up an industry with a technology isn't anything new. But AI as a technology is is a is a new form of technology for advancement of almost every technology you can come across. If you guys understand the exponential growth of technology, right? The more we go down the line from 1900s till now you get this hockey stick of growth and so we're at that point where it's going to go up so fast that we won't know what's hitting us and the world is not going to look the same so ai allows um everyone to do something with it so i I like to use an analogy like this remember the gold rush so in the gold rush everyone went trying to find gold but you want to know who definitely made money the people selling pans and pickaxes So the point of AI and the tools, we have a lot of these tools that are open source or things that everyone can use or or, or low entry point, doesn't cost a whole lot of money, or they're even free. It allows you to utilize or create something new and create a service around AI so that even if you're not directly involved in creating the technology, you can use the technology to make yourself grow and make yourself an industry expert. Because if you're not using it right now, you're not falling behind, you are behind.
1: That was harsh, but yes. But I love you. <laughs> you are you are correct. Um, you know, from the from the little bit we've worked on when it comes to AI, uh, it's been interesting. Uh, we used this one program software called Gen One. Um, I went from like drawing stick figures as a director, just a storyboard. It gets me where I need to go, and obviously mood boards to pull from with photos and lighting and certain things like that. But when we develop stuff. I really just need to know who's going to be in the shot, where the camera's going to go. So stick figures are kind of just my jam. Um, we dove in with a project um, for Metastage and a company that um, created this alternate universe, you know, in, in the world, in Meta. Um, met with Facebook, did all this stuff, and and we generated these um, images with Gen 1, which is a software. Um, and it was interesting because it wasn't... it. It seems like there's some software programs that are there and then there's some software programs that just aren't. Um, it, it fell okay. We, we, we got images that were able to portray to the client. Um, but for me, it was, I guess I got sparked, you know, as a director, like inspired. Um, but that's generally where we lay. We, we wanna use AI to help move us forward when it comes to, the, the skill set or um, inspiring us. We never want to copy. That's the issue now with, and, and Courtney probably is going to dabble in this. I, I could I could sense the SAG discussion down on the other table that uh, we'll have that conversation about actors. But um, yeah, we we want it to inspire us so that we can create independently. And I feel like that's tough because people are going to be generating scripts, doing all the stuff that's not, it's not classy, and so how do we, we don't stop it, but how do we just continue forth with those tools and still stay authentic? And I think that is our goal as SGP, to stay authentic while still learning and staying ahead of it, you know, like AJ was mentioning, it is important. You know, we do as creatives need to know what, what this is gonna do to us and, and how to work around it, work through it, work around whatever, whatever we've gotta do. So
4: that's kind of my thought on that. <laughs> I mean, agreeing with the whole table here and not trying to jump ahead in too much of what the conversation is going to evolve into, but from a philosophical perspective, like I'm, you know, as a filmmaker, 100% over here understand it's coming and there's nothing we can do about it. You either get on the train or you get left behind. Um, At the same time, I'm pro-utility, not necessarily pro creativity being generated by it. So I think that the humans have to be a part of it, as Phil was saying, the humans that are the creatives and that we can't get, because I know a lot of creatives, because I tend to be the creative of both minds. My brain A and brain B work together all the time, and a lot of creatives like to just be in their creative brain and not in their other brain. And I think that more than ever, creatives need to be of both minds all the time. And I think that being involved in the evolution and the changes that are coming and using it and being a part of it and understanding it, if nothing else, is essential because we can't allow capitalism to do it to us, guys, because that's what's going to happen. Like, it's going to become just about business and the creative part of it will get left out because it'll become just about business. And it's going to be about business. Don't get it twisted. Yeah. But I do think that we've got to work really diligently to make sure that our voice is also inserted into the technology consistently.
1: And the AI with actors is still a thing. We're all talking Watch about out. it now. We We're, still we don't know. Never, there's so <laughs> many people that are like, no, this is not okay. You know, it's copying my whole body and it's scanning it and it's generating it in, in all capable ways. And it's, It's, that's the scary part as actors. You're like, okay, what does that look like? And we're about to pass the bill. I wanna.
5: Anyone who has touched AI themselves Oh yeah, that's a great question. Anyone, raise your hand if you've done anything with it. And I'm not talking about Siri or Alexa because Siri and I don't get along and Alexa (laughs) and I are in love. So, okay, that's good. That's a (laughs) a large amount. AJ,
0: I wanna pose this question to you um, before we like get into other stuff, but I want to talk about digital ownership because in a way, right, like with SAG, right, uh, the whole idea is, okay, That's a good question. It, yeah. you can copy someone's image, but then the studio owns it. Right. Whereas we do have underlying blockchain technology and all this other stuff that would allow it to make it very simple where, I mean, I don't know, correct me if I'm wrong, but if they use like just my eyebrow, then in theory, we could figure that out and I could be paid a percentage or so forth, right? Like how, how can through the technology as a means, digital ownership be really elevated?
5: So you would almost have to use some form of AI to be able to identify specific features. Like, like if, you, if you read the, the agreement with SAGRA, right? part of it is you have to have some identifying feature in your face that you can identify to try to claim. Um, but the way AI is trained, AI is trained off of very large data sets. And I'm, what I mean is, let's just say pictures. So you've got an AI and it's training on how to recognize, and they gave it 180 billion pictures. What percentage of those pictures are yours? It's going to be a really small piece. So how are you going to actually find it? And the data sets are just going to get bigger and bigger and bigger. I'm not telling you it's futile, but it's close. So even when they tell you, okay, well, because I have a problem with that particular line, is well, if you can identify some feature on your face or some feature that that's in that looks similar to whatever we created, then we'll pay you. And that's almost ridiculous to even think that you're going to be able to do that. And I, I see it getting tied up in courts, and I see it getting, and they have more money than we do when it comes to court. So, uh, I, digital rights should be a thing, but I think everyone should start thinking different. What is that
0: different, when you say that, define that?
5: So, when you think, think, think and st- everything you think about how licensing works, about how you own something, about how, how, here's a great one, about how privacy works, think that that's gonna go away. And you have to come up with some novel way to claim that piece from yourself, right? So privacy isn't a thing. If you think it is, you're confused. You're all walking around with a highly complex computer in your pocket or on your wrist, it's ridiculous. And those things can be, with zero-day attacks, you only have to touch your device to get access to it if they want to. So privacy is not really a thing, it's an illusion. So then how do you get your privacy? Well, you guys already kind of know how to do some of that now, but you have to think differently. Same thing with this. So look at the tools, and how you can, like we're all creatives, right? Create a new way to utilize this stuff as a tool, knowing that everyone else is doing it anyway. Am I answering you? I'm telling you that, that, okay.
2: Can I add to the conversation about, digital ownership of your likeness. Um, this was a good issue with SAG that they brought up, and it's the same with the WGA. Um, AJ, you're absolutely right. If it's just a general weight set that, from a data set that they use to train a model, it's going to be really hard to pinpoint that your work is in the output that they've used. But when it comes to actually making a feature film or any kind of production, um, you're going to train the AI in what's called a LoRa. It's a low-rank low adaptive weight set, and I can train it specifically on you and I just say your name and my prompt and you will always come out in the prompt right there and that then therefore is my likeness is being used in your project and the licensing that we've all been used to before can still apply and that's going to be I think the future of um, artificial intelligence or motion picture mostly in post-production is we're going to bring our actors in put them in their costume and their wardrobe take a billion photos at different angles so the artificial intelligence goes ah okay I recognize Courtney now and you give it a special word like Courtney235 or whatever so every time they type in courtney 235 comes out in that wardrobe and, and whatnot that right there clear cut it's just like when it was before artificial intelligence you know if you have my face and my likeness in your movie you can only use it in that movie you can't use it in perpetuity um, and i'm happy that sag fought for that because it doesn't change it doesn't change you know it's a either it's a camera or it's artificial intelligence or a cg model of me you have my likeness my license only for that movie um, but when it becomes a general weight set, that's when it's like hey, it's gonna be hard to pinpoint my work is in there unless you explicitly say make more work in the style of AJ Young. Okay, now you're <laughs> now you're taken from me, you know. So
5: I swear it's yeah. gonna seem like we coordinated this, but I swear we didn't. I didn't <laughs> talk to him at all. Last night, I got online and I searched for popular AI tools. I found two. I learned how to use them last night. I got online, I went to her Instagram profile. And then I saw some videos, I did screen captures of videos of her face, and then I trained a model on her face last night, and then I generated a bunch of images in a short movie by this morning.
2: Yeah, it's crazy. I
5: I have them right here, in case that you wanna see them.
4: So I throw that out there
2: as super lofty, because I would like to know, based on your own experiences, what are you excited about? I'm excited about um, a new way of shooting productions as live action. I think live action is still going to be a dominant uh, format for um, independent film and big budget movies. Um for a long time in early 2000s, uh, cinematographers had to shoot, had to learn how to shoot on green screens. We can thank George Lucas for that. But up until the LED volume came around, a lot of movies were shot on green screens and comping and putting things together. And then we have LED volumes because of The Mandalorian. And that's exciting. And that's a new way to shoot. And I think with artificial intelligence, that's the next step is how do I shoot for the artificial intelligence? Um If you want to start playing with yourself, and I'm sure you have, A.J., Mm -hmm. stable diffusion is probably the artificial intelligence to use. It's got so many extra extensions you can use on there, particularly one is called ControlNet. And you can feed it in like a pose of a person, and it goes, oh, I see the pose, let me redo that. And so as a cinematographer now, we're going to be just in a room like this maybe, and instead of being on a green screen or an LED volume, it's just in a room with a camera, and I'm recording actors acting, and then the AI goes and do this thing. And I think that's kind of exciting, especially for actors, because now you don't have to like, have me interrupt you during a take, and be like, I'm so sorry, you have to hit that mark, because the light didn't hit you. You, you can just like, <laughs> act and do this thing. And that's, it's kind of freeing, kind of exciting.
1: I wanna, say, yeah.
2: I wanna um, something that kind of excites me, and
0: um, just in general, and I, like, again, it's more of a guiding principle. Um, like if you really watch Avatar 2, like the making of it, um, I'm floored by the lengths they went to to make it as realistic as they could, right? You know, it's as, as computer-generated as you can get, and yet the physicality, they measured everything. J- I mean, James Cameron was specific with how, um, whatever, the whale creature, when it dove out of the water, the timing of the, the blow, you know, the when it breathed and stuff like that, right? So I think when it comes to just AI in general, again, to me, it's a... A tool for enhancing a vision but I like that like the the ones that will break through will be the ones that are thinking about it holistically in that way as opposed to just a shortcut of like all right yeah I'll make a movie about you know people fighting on a distant planet whatever Um, and you know whether you love Avatar 2 or not again I think we can all look at it from an artistic standpoint and be like okay there's a lot there of thought that went into it no different than you know earlier uh, Lord of the Rings right like that's beloved because that same meticulousness went into creating that trilogy right so um,
4: go ahead. I was just gonna
3: piggyback off what he said um, if I what I'm most excited about if I can make a real looking Kamehameha on this that would be great, and like you kind of can do it now. There's like so many different things that's out there that's held, but like you really need like practical effects to sell it, and um, you know different different things like different ways that you interact with the environment around you to really really sell it. And I think eventually we'll get to that place where like you can you can do all of that, and you just got to capture the footage, and then you put it in the computer, and you can really get through all that through, through AI
4: sure kind of piggybacking off of that i'm excited about the idea that the technology itself is going to continue to open the same way that like you know digital and youtube technology like gave us and social media gave us the ability to communicate and access the world in a way that we weren't able to before i think that the ai tools will continue to open up and make it much easier for access for those of us that are not in a studio, those of us that want to make things that look big budget that aren't not necessarily big budget. And as the nerd part of myself in filmmaking is like the back end of it and like being able to like input the script that we're working on and like have it broken down for me immediately and like broken out so I can easily make a budget and then I can input my budget amount and be like, okay, who fits in this really well? Who will sell this? What are the streamers paying for this? And get access to all that information in a way that just like regular indie filmmakers never really had until you get to a certain level like, Lionsgate is considered indie filmmaking, but they're and they're not like AMPTP, but they're true. also like but they also have access in a way that like regular, real independent filmmakers don't. And I think that AI is kind of gonna start to open that door specifically. And there's the um uh, site that I was talking about with Phil earlier called Largo.ai that we actually learned about in Spain um when we were at the Series Land Film Festival, like they are making it price so that you know high level studios can afford it but also there's levels that regular people can afford and actually get the same you know usage out of it and learning about you know demographics and what this you know particular setup will look good for a pitch if you're looking for investors to do a project and that kind of thing so i think that the access is opening up in a bigger way and i'm very excited about that I'd
0: love to get into some of these specifics, but so that's a perfect segue into like the pre-production side of it. Can you go a little bit further with how you and Danielle, you know, what's good with it? Where's its shortcomings, things of that nature?
4: Well, so far in terms of pre-production, most of my usage has been um, just because I think even Studio Binder started doing the like breakdown where you can do some scheduling that just by putting your script in and it's a little bit wonky, but like it does it. Um, Film you stage, you can do the same thing. You can put your script in and it will rip it apart, give you every location that you have. It'll separate the characters. It'll separate how many scenes and you you can do some scheduling. But as a line producer, you can easily sit through and look at those reports and be like, okay, I need to be in this many locations, I gotta find this many, you know, I have this many characters, so I'm gonna have this many wardrobe changes, like, so it makes it a little bit easier than sitting down with your um, sticky notes like I do the old school way, like, right, okay, this character gonna be in three different this and I gotta make sure that this person's covered for this and whatever. So crunching and building numbers around it is a little bit easier and faster. I'm, I have not found a suite yet that does What I would like it to do is like I get to put the whole script in and it literally spits out different layers of budgeting from a low budget to modified budget on up to like a huge budget um, situation. So I haven't found one that really does that the way that I want it to yet. But um, as I mentioned before, Largo.ai is something I'm super interested in right now because we are hoping to continue to elevate. And as you're using like more named talent and not just A-list talent and wanting to see what that market looks like for that talent and comparable talent that maybe you don't know off the top of your head because you didn't happen to see them, but the AI is trained to look for similarities in that based on the types of projects these other people are doing and how to attach and reach out to those people for pitches for investor money, I think has been where... We have leaned strongest in terms of the AI usage, and it's been very fascinating to see how that's starting to build. It's still not exactly, like I said, the main thing was the scheduling is a little weird, like, because ideally with the first AD, you wanna be like, right. put that in, and it gives me a real schedule that works out, but like, it doesn't always kind of go exactly how you need it to, and like, going back in and making sure the lunch breaks are actually put in, and that kind of thing was a little bit crazy, actually, when we just did the film last month um but yeah so that's kind of where we sit in terms of what we are using it in pre-pro phase and things that we're hoping for that will obviously probably by like what three months from now i'll be like they got it exactly what i need right now and it's working perfectly but that's kind of where
0: danielle i want to go over to you because i think you're a great bridge um so danielle's a fantastic director um and she has an amazing eye but I think you'll be the first to admit you're not always the most tech savvy. Oh yeah,
1: no, I'm absolutely not. Couldn't find a Google Drive document to save my life. Yeah, And yet,
0: (laughs) you work with many people and embrace it because it enhances what you're trying to say. And I think a big part of it, like it can be overwhelming, obviously like our collective knowledge is is vast, but you also have to understand us as individuals don't know all of the stuff that everyone else knows, right? And so, you know, filmmaking is a collaborative medium, and I think the ability to hire people and and and, and kind of know what you're looking for, and maybe also not even know know what you're looking for, but like are trying to achieve, is a big component of that. And I think Danielle, you exemplify that really well. Right. Of you know, so I I don't know. I'd love to hear from your perspective how you fully embrace that and yeah. find people that push forward.
1: You, you know. Uh, I'll keep bringing up the MetaStage thing because it's closest to the the AI Unreal Engine world that I've touched with Courtney. Um, you know, it doesn't get rid like like I was saying. It doesn't get rid of the people. It actually expands your your contacts. So we we have an Unreal Engine tech that we've been in talks with, where we generate like an an XR. Uh, experience with an actual musician and we put her in the uh, meta stage 360 green screen 180 camera capture her you know and then put her in these different worlds based on her music and then that gives people a jukebox vibe where they go into the meta stage they can go to the jukebox click one of her songs and get taken into this world with her that is something that you know from an ai perspective is AI, but it's generated based on her, her, which is what we, you know, stand by. Um, but collaboratively, it has been a joy to reach out to these people, and that's what I'm actually looking most forward to. To kind of, you know, piggyback off both of the the questions here, is to be able to learn um, the storyboarding aspect of Unreal Engine, because a lot of times, creatively, it's in my mind, and I'm like, how do I say it? It's just how we like are trying to express our goals in life. When you write them down, you see them, and you're like, okay, well, maybe that's actually not what I want to do. So being able to work that way in Unreal Engine, which I bring up because it is the, the closest thing to understanding AI um, so far in my journey, um, that is, that's, that's gonna be the most exciting part for me, um, exploring it in the pre-production world, being able to say, okay, I love the way this light you know, hits her face from, you know, camera, you know, on, on, you know, camera right, camera left, wherever that is, talk to the DT, DP, talk to the light tech and then be able to generate a way clearer um, orchestration of like what I want as a, as a director. Cause a lot of times I'm like, this is what I want. And they're like, what, you know? And so I'm looking forward to being able to have that collaboration, um, you know, cause even working with Phil, I, I worked with him on two, Um, You know, we did some presentations together with Courtney um, and we, you know, we kind of we just right off the bat. We're like, this is what we want. And and that's also something that I don't want to lose, too, is like human interaction being creative. I want to be able to use A.I. and also be collaborative with with my fellow filmmakers, because that is the most fun part. Right.
0: (laughs) Uh, Video, AJ, I want to kick it to you. Like, as far as filmmaking, like, what I'm excited about on set is, like, AR and the ability to see a set even though it's not fully built. Um, I don't know. I'd love for you to kind of talk about that and and whatever else in terms of production you also want to add in.
2: It's getting easier to do that. That's the first thing. Um Uh, James Cameron was the first to do augmented reality when he did the first Avatar movie. So they had everybody in the motion capture suits and he would pull up like this handheld computer thing and hold it, but the 3D camera was in position and he could kind of see Pandora, but it was really helpful because he could then show the actors and they would get an idea like, oh, I'm riding this beast or climbing this, you know, tower. And... um, Artificial intelligence is going to speed up that rendering process a bit faster on set where you can um, frame it and it sees the frame and goes, oh, okay, tree, sky, blah, blah, blah. It's really in its infancy right now, but that's really going to get exciting um, because it's going to speed up the how, but it's never going to speed up the why. and. Oftentimes in production, you're always trying to remember why you're doing a shot a, w- a certain way. Why are we, you know, f- doing the action scene like this or the dialogue like this? And then you get caught up in the how because it's fun having a car rig and like rigging up the car and getting all the tools and stuff. But then you're like, wait, why are we doing this though? Like, this is it, it looks cool, but there's no point in doing this. And artificial intelligence can at least remind us, like, okay, we'll we'll figure out the how. Let's just get our why, and it's ironic. It's coming full circle because if you think about how AI works, it always starts with the why, the prompt. What do you want me to do? Like that's what the computer looks at. He's like, "What do you want me to do?" And you're like, "Well, I don't know. Like, yeah. <laughs> I gotta think. I gotta figure it out." Uh, but our, um, automatic reality is is going to be really helpful, particularly with. Visual effects, um, because no longer you don't have to have the guy in like the checkered suit to be your monster. But at least it's you know once you put it through the AI, the AI goes, oh hey, I recognize Danielle. Let me replace her with the crazy creature. And uh, how's that look for you? You know, and it's going to help us like get there, but not lock us into anything. Um, so very exciting. Yeah. yeah. Can you Even also- on a. Oh my bad. Oops. Oh good. Uh, I'll get to you, excited. A- <laughs> <laughs> you
3: to excited.
2: I'll get you in a
0: moment. But I, I also want to bring up. Uh- Because like Avatar, obviously that's very computer generated, but like uh, Matt Reeves, the Batman, um, very realistic and stuff like that. And they use kind of AR to be able to shot list. So oftentimes this was during COVID, so they couldn't always be on set. So they would kind of shot list. With a virtual camera, and uh, are you familiar with that? Pro- yeah, so go ahead and talk about that.
2: Um, you can do it with Unreal Engine. Um, what he's describing is basically using like a video game engine to move a camera around, put like little dolls in, or video game characters in place, find your angle, and and talk to the DP virtually and say. Is this angle going to work? And we're like, yeah, yeah totally. And um, I used Blender for a movie in 21 because it was the same thing with COVID restrictions. The production designer gave me their um, blueprints for the set. I just built the set in Blender overnight. It didn't look great. I won't share it with anyone, <laughs> 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 but it's good enough because then I would put little, you know, characters in position, fly the camera around, and the director and I would find our angles and animate like a quick dolly move, and it would it was so helpful for them that they were able to start kind of pre-editing the movie a little and it dived into the world of animation in a way because with animation it's the backwards version of making a movie when you... Make a movie. We get everybody together. We make our best laid plans, and then we shoot it. And then we have to figure it out in the edit. Um, with animation, it's the other way around. We're going to figure it out in the edit why we're going to do all these things, and then hit animate because that's the longest part is rendering out the image. And so it suddenly helped us get better creative decisions. It helped us figure out the best like order to shoot things for the ad, <laughs> so it's the most efficient way. Um, and it's like such an incredibly useful tool. And then. The include artificial intelligence into it, we can actually start pre-visualizing wardrobe or sets or textures or stuff like that or, or actors, you know? Do we want this person to be that person, you know? <laughs> so it's a lot of really useful stuff. But what do you guys think, though, you know?
3: Yeah, no, I was, yeah, and I want to get to my man in a second. I was going to say, even on like a simple level, I used it in my living room, when I was doing renovations, and I was like, do I like the couch here or do I like it over <laughs> exactly. here? So it's great. But yeah, so you got a
5: question. <laughs> oh, okay, great. Okay, I'm glad you're taking my own questions. Uh, I got like the opposite of that guy's question over there.
1: What's like the nightmare scenario for you when it comes to AI? Oh, yeah. <laughs> just killing us. Um, well, I'll, I'll, uh, in we, regards uh, to movies or life? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because. <laughs> Um, okay, so just real quick. I'll, I'll make it quick. Uh, Courtney and I went to the film festival we mentioned um, earlier in Bilbao just a couple weeks ago. There was a short film that used extras, but they were AI extras. And they were walking not like humans. And so it was a complete distraction from the actual scene. So that's like where there's a night, the nightmare of generating stuff that just doesn't it isn't real. Yeah, That's that that to us was an experience That's that we came, came across as a nightmare from a creative perspective.
0: I think I think I can probably summarize everyone. it's when you're being forced to use something that you don't need to and is not going to result in the best way cuz yeah. yes we're talking about all this technology but like you know there's a side to me that thinks about it often and you know crowd shots in particular get brought up a lot and it's like it might just be easy to bring some people in You know, so it's just because you can always utilize all this technology to try to create something, it's like, sometimes you go with the low tech. And in fact, a lot of my favorite artists, you know, uh, even like a Rob Rodriguez, Michelle Gondry, like whoever, um, utilize both the old, almost like, you know, magic tricks and blend it with today's technology right? Um, The Daniels uh, with everything everywhere all at once, like is a prime example of, you know, up and coming filmmakers that will be doing amazing stuff because they know the old school craft and the new technology that is emerging.
4: Yeah, just to piggyback real quick off of what he said, I think for me, a nightmare scenario is actually that we lose the in between. So like I some of that was kind of addressed to a degree with the WGA contracts about how like, there's writers that like, have a career already and then there's up-and-coming writers that are not getting that in-between time to learn and to do and to cultivate and become and then once they're at the when they need showrunners those writers haven't been trained or learned in any way what really is happening and I feel like with actors whether it's because one of the things like with finding the AI and like having digital representations of like a list celebrities they're able to do more than one project at a time and I think that it could possibly close the window of availability to those in-betweeners like that aren't going to get that chance to do this film that would break out their career because now those that are already with a career have the ability to be in multiple places or do multiple things at once and so we don't get that in-between phase of people kind of coming up and continuing to cultivate in the industry in a way like and change is great and I 100% support that but I do think that from an artistic perspective there's value especially as an actor and I'll just say from an actor's perspective right now in that in between when you're the background actor and then you actually get your first co-star and then maybe you get a recurring guest role, and then you're moving up the ladder, that does something to you, that affects how you behave later, that affects your view on the industry and how you work in the industry. So my concern is definitely losing that growth in the middle.
2: So
5: I have a technical one for you, and I see your question. So my biggest nightmare in this scenario is when AI starts eating itself. You guys remember that AI is trained off of creatives already. So right now, all of the brilliant things we think AI is is really just came from human minds, mostly, for the most part. But what's going to happen when most of the stuff that it's consuming was actually already created by AI? So that even is the case right now. You can, When you use some of the tools that it will show you, it actually gives you the option where you can ingest AI-created images to create more AI-created images. So then where did the creativity actually come from? So when we get to the point where, like, right now, how many people can tell me five phone numbers that you know by heart? exactly You're, well this guy right? <laughs> most of us don't remember phone numbers by heart anymore because our phones have it well it's going to be the same thing with creativity we can't allow the AI to kill the creative spark in humanity and so now we're only relying on things that are just regurgitated and then eaten itself it's not a good scenario
2: I have a nightmare scenario
4: we, I have, we have a, a question,
2: nightmare though. scenario
4: oh, oh nightmare oh. scenario
2: Mine, mine's quick my nightmare scenario I definitely have your um, can I question. Okay, same topic go ahead It's a great question. Um, Nightmare scenario and then owning the AI image. um, For filmmaking, the nightmare scenario would be more of let's fix it in post because AI can do it. (laughs) So that's my nightmare scenario. But owning the image, that's a very good question. I actually had to speak on a panel with the Copyright Office in May about this topic because I'm part of the Cinematographers' Union. And... um, Right now the issue with the ethics of artificial intelligence, particularly image generation um, like Dolly or Stable Diffusion or Midjourney is a data set. What is it trained on? And a lot of it has copywritten material on there. And if you create, essentially what I told the Copyright Office on the panel is if Adobe violated a patent or a license in the generation of their software, does that then invalidate the work I made using Photoshop or Premiere? It doesn't. Now, if, That should also apply to the artificial intelligence companies. If MidJourney or Dolly or Stability AI violated a patent or um, a copyright with the data set, they should be fined, but the user shouldn't be fined unless you're intentionally making more copyrighted material. So like earlier I mentioned you can specifically train the AI on a thing. If I take a whole bunch of Mickey Mouses, train an AI on Mickey Mouse to make more Mickey Mouses, and that is a clear-cut example of violating copyright. I didn't mention AI anywhere at all, because it also could have been, I'm going to record a whole bunch of Mickey Mouse episodes and then sell them on VHS later or DVD later. It's taking the copyright there. Really, what the thing the Copyright Office is going to be looking for is if it passes the three-prong test. It's a legal... definition that I'm going to butcher it but essentially what it means is is the work substantially transformative from the source material Andy Warhol had to deal with this when he did his work in the 70s and 60s Um, and same thing in the 90s when we had a lot of um, I'm going to butcher the word they would take sampling they would sample music in the the 90s with hip-hop it has to be substantially transformative from the prior work to qualify for copyright I know people are conflating the idea of effort With copyright, like, well, you didn't do a lot of effort. You just typed something in, and the computer made it. There's people who can take their iPhone out, press a button, and that photo that I just made, when I take a photo with my iPhone, gets copyright. I didn't design the phone. I just tapped a piece of glass, and it took a photo for me. But I get copyright material on that. Um, You can't conflate effort with the copyright on there. But you can conflate it with, you know, where is the data set from? What did you create the copyright from? Just for
0: all our sakes, I will say, obviously, we're not lawyers. And I, I think even beyond, like, yes, oh my God. well, that was a great explanation. But well, I think I part well of it TV. will be um, there's a lot of unknowns. And, you know, obviously, as, as things continue, laws will change um, and things of that nature. And um, things will be redefined. I mean, you know, you could look at the whole history of this nation. You know, things that we think are solidified as, as law get reinterpreted all the time, right? So um, what may be true today can change tomorrow type of thing. So, so you
5: got any I need
4: to plan on future. There's a strike, run out of money. Should I learn Unreal or Blender right now, or should I wait another year and then
5: maybe there's an AI tool that are going uh, <laughs> to run
1: my my See I'll be quick. First of all, congratulations oh, for taking the leap uh, creatively. That is a really big bold step and I'm very proud of you. It's, it's 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 the hard thing to do and congratulations on that because it's not an easy feat. Um I guess my question for you would be you know you've already shot it without unreal, correct? Like your your stuff in the can is is very like tell me your genre. Um horror comedy. Okay. It's called So there is a creature. Nice. Yeah. So you've never shot the creature just yet? You've only shot a, the we things around shot,
5: it? We have shot uh, close ups. Uh, we owe
1: two days on cool. You know, puppet, nice. Know. I'm just prompting these questions because I'm gonna. I know I know you guys probably have answers as well. So if you guys want to go for it real quick, something. About t- something well, tells me over here. Um,
0: I'll. I, I guess I'll answer the sound question because that's a little bit easier to to pinpoint. Um, so.
1: Bye guys. See ya.
0: <laughs> take care. Uh, so, Easy. you can do a lot of cleanup and stuff like that, and usually, again, it, it kind of comes down to marrying the two. So as of right now, right, um, what I found is even if I have crappy sound recording from the day of, I do um, ADR um, after the fact, and what ends up happening is I end up blending the two together. Now, oftentimes, you know, the actors on the panel can definitely say, ADR is a different skill set that, truthfully, on an indie level, not a lot of actors have that much experience with it. Um, So another technique, again, talking about, like, low-tech is on the day of the set, I'll not only record the the video takes, but afterwards I'll be like, let's just do an audio only take. And that becomes my ADR stuff. And where technology is very helpful nowadays, whereas in the past, you know, you used to have to watch the thing and okay, line it up. Oh, you missed it by half a frame. Now you can readjust it pretty much on the fly, regardless of the actual pacing and not mess up the performance. So it makes lining up the dialogue tracks that much easier. I hope that answers it at least um, a little bit on the side. I
3: wanted to speak on your second question about learning about Blender and all those things like that. Like Especially knowing now that you have the horror and, and this and that. I think um, it, it's always helpful to learn something like that because uh, you mentioned like, oh, well there'll be like a new thing. Well, like Blender is gonna get better. You know what I mean? And then even it, yeah, if you're not unreal, like, if you're not doing, you're not shooting Kamehameha waves all over, but just, like, even practical stuff that, like, uh, are we, the room is too small for this or, like, whatever it is, like, there's, there's ways to, to make it, like, to use those technologies to work out for what you got going. Yeah,
1: you might be able to, like, b- learn it now and then use, you know, the money that you're going to, you know, continue saving up for it and then kind of have a hybrid, you know, when you pick back up.
0: I call, and, it, yeah. um, I call it just in case knowledge versus just in time. I tend to go just in time knowledge, right? Because as AJ kind of, t- he's like, what's the why of it all, right? So I think we could all be like learning all this stuff. And, and I see a lot of my peers learning various things. I'm like, but what are you doing with it, right? right? Um, so having a, a purpose. Now, I know we've only got five minutes. I, one of the things I do want to touch upon is, sorry, Courtney, you have something?
4: <laughs> we got to wrap.
0: Not we don't quite got to wrap, but I do want to touch upon something. Is um, to me an exciting <laughs> aspect.
4: We, uh, we got wrap? wrap. This means wrap.
0: All it's right, okay. I guess take, we're take, wrapping.
1: Take it. no, no, take your take. Take your last um, couple sentences. I'm sure Next. we can. I
0: AJ, go as for quickly it. as uh, you were going to say it in five minutes, can you talk about the community aspect? And um, I know NFTs have a negative connotation, but you know we're working on a project and nfts and just technology as a way to crowdfund um yeah that was poorly stated but uh you know wow, that best seems like can. a
1: really large question in the next minute okay, you have to answer okay
0: so
5: I'll, I'll just i'll say it like this so kind of touch what he says i'm most excited about the fact that all these technologies are empowering you You are empowered to be able to do things that only studios and systems can do. So I'm telling you, take it. That comes from NFTs, digital systems, applications, tools like this young man wants to use. All these images I've showed you are all digitally created for her and from her face that I actually literally stole off of Instagram. So my point when it comes to NFTs or digital content or digital tokens, it's about empowerment. So you guys are empowered. Go do it yourselves.
1: And find us. And work with others. If you have any questions, you, you do, do not hesitate to email us. You have our contact information. You know we're on the panel. Um, you can find us easily. Instagram, Silver Guardian Productions for us. You want a plug? Uh,
2: at Phil Svitek. Okay. AJ Young DP at Khalil
0: Abubu. I can help you spell it. Don't worry.
1: <laughs> so thank you. Thank, thank you so much. Thank you all.
0: Thank you. One last time, if you guys want like the full rundown and like our social media handles, URL dot com slash unleash creativity 2023 i know that's long but that's as short as i can have made it